We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here. Uh, today is Wednesday, October 7th. Uh, my guest today is Donkey Teeth from Razball. Uh, if you played the Raz Bowl, you have heard from him, uh, and he has done uh, a lot of other good things for Raz Bowl. Uh, let's start right there. Uh, how did you get involved in fantasy football and fantasy baseball industry? Boy, uh, you know, Jeff, first of all, thanks for having me on. I, I started out actually, I'm sure you're familiar with Lenny Melnick. Uh, yeah. Lenny, he he has a website probably six years ago or something like that. I came across his website, and you know Lenny, he is just uh, about as personable as it gets, and he's got a chat room over there, and he's just <laughs> sitting there chatting with people all day. And you know, I, I hung out a lot talking fantasy baseball with uh, the people in that chat room, and eventually got nudged into starting a podcast and. Uh, long story short, podcast uh, ended up over on Razball and started writing there and editing in baseball. And Gray and Rudy have now brought me in to, to uh, try to lift the football side up. Because, you know, everybody knows uh, Razball does baseball. We still get uh, pretty much every week somebody, oh, I didn't know you guys did football. So oh, really? we're, yeah, we're trying to grow the football side of Razball to to equal baseball and uh you know i thought creating the rasbol would uh kind of get awareness out there that that we exist nice i like it i like it and you know one of the things that's you know we've seen a lot more like industry inclusive events or our community community let's not say industry sometimes i like i don't mind saying industry but it's a community uh, and especially because there's varying levels of involvement some people do it full-time some deal do it part-time and you know it's and it, there's a lot of people that we interact with that are really good players that may not necessarily write with a site you know i get that through the nfbc and the nffc uh and it, it's really kind of been exploding in that way uh, lately between raz bowl raz slam and, and of course just what justin mason's done with uh uh, TGFBI and Scott Fish and Scott Fishbowl, you know, we're, we're realizing that there's a lot of people out there that do that do create great content. Yeah, everybody and everybody wants to play against people of a you know high level competition, whether they're professionally doing stuff or just people that are on the ball and that those types of things just have a magnetic attraction, I think. And it's just great for, like you said, the community bringing people together. Yeah, that's for sure. 
Uh, we got a lot of uh, news, unfortunately, this week. Uh, it's the news cycle has been not unfortunately, well, unfortunately, because the nature of the news. But we're just we're keeping on our toes this week. Let's start off with Tennessee. Uh, two more positive tests today. Corey Davis goes on the COVID nineteen list. Uh, this, this is like the never-ending story. Every you know, I'm on the West Coast. Every every morning I wake up and there's a couple more positive tests, and mostly from Tennessee. It seems like I I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to play this week. I'm with you. And what the heck is going on down in Tennessee, Jeff? I, mean, what? I don't know what Vrabel is doing, but it just seems like a very poorly uh, run ship down there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you had alluded to uh, before we started this podcast that there are a couple of anti uh, against the protocol practices, if you will. And maybe not organized by Vrabel, but maybe just players only. But there's a couple of them that I've seen. One uh, that was reported on where Ryan Tannehill might have been present at it. Another with defensive backs. And you know, that's not exactly a great way. You know, I'm no immunologist, but I don't think that's a great way to manage an outbreak. No, probably not. I don't. Do you remember Jeff? The uh, day one of the NFL draft, they looked into Mike Vrabel's like uh, war room, and there was those two weird looking dudes behind him. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> because that was the only thing on in the sports world for day for weeks was the NFL draft. So we watched every minute of it. Right, right. I'm thinking one of those guys is behind those meetings. <laughs> could be, could be. Uh, that would the that mullet would make man. Sense. That would be Lenny and Squiggy or something like that, or the two guys running it and everything. But, uh, and not Lenny Melnick either, uh, but uh, Laverne and Shirley, Lenny and Squiggy. But, uh, yes, I, my references are very topical always. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, so you look at them. Their receiving core is decimated right now. A.J. Brown's trying to come back from the knee injury. Uh, Corey Davis is now on the COVID list. Uh, he, he's not the only one, though, too. Uh, you know, you look at... I think they have three receivers on the list now. Uh, Adam Humphreys is also on there. Uh, you know, even if they play, it's going to be hard. Now they're not. Other teams have injury-related decimation at the position, so you know they're not alone. But uh, it, it's going to be a problem for them. It is, and I mean, if they do play, I think Johnny Smith is the the main beneficiary. I mean, Derrick Henry, yeah, he's going to get his his you know sixty carries, but uh, Johnny Smith has got to be the 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 big beneficiary in the the passing game, right, Jeff? Right, of course, uh, and he's already get, getting a decent number of targets. But and this this really accelerates the need for uh, Brown to come back. Now, Brown, meanwhile, they didn't have a practice today; they can't go to the facilities. But he's listed as limited on the estimated practice report. For whatever that's worth, I don't know how they estimate it if they can't even see the see everyone officially. But uh, yeah, what a mess! A good question. Yeah, I mean, there's like Zoom calls, like, "Hey, how's your how's your hamstring feeling?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you flex that knee for me real quick? Why don't you tap <laughs> on it with a hammer, and we'll see how high the kick goes up. We'll Not too hard though, because you don't want to break it. Uh, but. Anyways, uh, what a mess. Uh, so that that's the lead story, but it's not doesn't stop there. The Pats, uh, Stephon Gilmore, you know, was announced as a positive test this morning. They played like thirty six hours ago against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. I I can't imagine that this is the last positive test we'll see resulting from the Pats, and maybe we'll see it from the Chiefs now too. Just, you know, it just seems like it was a little bit irresponsible of the league to allow that game to go. I mean, at least wait one more day. I don't know. I don't see why they didn't just push it back, but a lot of questions. Yeah. I, I don't know how that works. Like, how long do you really need? But, you know, I'm, I'm certainly concerned. You know, there's no, we don't know who's going to be the Pats quarterback this week. Hoyer looked horrible. On Monday night, Stidham just a slightly better. I imagine it's Stidham. Uh, if you if you were making the decision, uh, like how are you playing this situation here? Uh, as far as the the Patriots go, you mean? Yeah, as far as the Pats go. Well, I, I think you're right. I think it probably will be Stidham just because they've they've already yanked Hoyer. You know, it's uh, why go back to him, especially when they looked equally bad. I mean, Stidham was probably a little bit better, but I think I'm just kind of avoiding. Uh, um, you know, Edelman, you you may have to start him depending on what kind of depth you've got at receiver. Um, Harry, hopefully you don't have to start him. I just don't don't see any need to start any of these players on the Patriots. We already know the, the run game is a headache. Maybe you start James White in a PPR league. But, uh, yeah, generally, I think it's just an avoid. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, it's hard because 
you know, the, the Broncos' defense isn't exactly stout, not with uh, all their injuries to begin with. No, no Von Miller. Uh, the, you know, you, you know, I, I think you can attack them, but yeah, it doesn't. It's going to be pretty ugly. Uh, were you in on any of the Damian Harris bidding? I I was not. Um, you know, I spent. A, I, sp- I like to spend my fab early, and just the Patriots' backfield has just been such a headache for so many years. Um, I, I think Damian Harris is the guy to, to own right now, but I really don't trust Belichick to, you know, give him 17, 20 carries a game, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's always that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at least if Sony Michelle's on the IL, that gives us a little bit of clarity. Uh, I think in some leagues where you're desperate, you know, and say if it's, bi- you have a bye week you know, you have Aaron Jones, you're trying to figure out how to replace him or if Henry doesn't play again. You know, any port in a storm, and, you know, he's he's going to be better. I think I'd, I'd prefer Joshua Kelly to him if Kelly happens to be available. You know, in deeper leagues like the NFFC, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. But in other leagues, maybe he's he's available still, so you can kind of jump on that. But, it's getting, you know, the pickings are pretty slim this week. This is not a great week to pick up running backs. Right. You know, Joshua Kelly, I think, was owned in majority of leagues. I saw uh, Justin Jackson getting picked up a lot of places, which – you know he'll probably see some work, but he's not very exciting. I'm with you. It's it's pretty uh, uh, meager pickings this week. It is. It is. Uh, other other news issues here. There's and there's a lot of them on the injury side of things. Lamar Jackson didn't practice today. Uh, he said it's just a minor knee issue, and kind of strikes me as kind of a veteran's day off. Uh, I'd be surprised if this is anything bigger, but obviously the practice reports this week uh, and Thursday and Friday will tell us the deal there. Uh, have you noticed anything like how teams are playing Jackson and you know after the breakout? Like, is he? I, I feel like I, mean, I don't know if you've seen the same that I feel like teams are trying to force him to throw a little bit more often. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that I think they came in with that game plan kind of with with Lamar to the Ravens themselves trying to limit it, and then then yeah, I mean it, it's hard not to keep for defenses to prepare solely around Lamar Jackson. You know, what are they worried about uh, Mark Ingram beating him? I don't think right. so. All right, one one of the things that I've seen is that the running game has had a hard time getting on track. In fact, I saw some people cutting J.K. Dobbins this week. I think that's a mistake. I think I, I buy into the talent still. And, you know, I, I get it. You know, we've got these bye weeks coming up. We already have, uh, you know, two two teams officially on bye, and we'll see if there's other cancellations. Hard to stash them. You can't use them right now, but it's hard to stash them once we, you start running into, you know, empty spaces on your roster. You have to make some tough calls. Well, yeah, and if you've got, uh, you know, uh, three Titans on your team, something like that, then it gets even that much more difficult uh, this coming week. But I'm with you. I, I really, I'm holding on to Dobbins where I have him. I drafted him quite a few places just for that ups. I mean, we know that his talent level and if Mark Ingram were to go down or if they just decide to give Dobbins even 10 carries a game, um, he can he can break runs pretty easily behind that offensive line you know Lamar opens things up I I think that there's league wing potential with Dobbins and I do everything I could to hold on 10 team leagues I do kind of kind of get how it happens especially if you got a short bench in a 10 team league I mean bye weeks and and everything that you said it is tough but I would try to hold I'm with you yeah the rookie running back class has been a little bit frustrating I mean Edwards Allaire is getting his role he may not have the monster games yet but you're not unhappy with him uh Taylor, you're kind of unhappy just because of the way the Colts have had that three-headed monster. But Dobbins, Swift, Cam Akers has been hurt and also in a three-headed monster setup there. You know, the, it's a great class, but we haven't seen that big production yet. Well, yeah, and Jeff, there was a, a lot of talk in the preseason about well the lack of having preseason games and the really watered down training camp hurting the rookies and a lot of people faded them. I was actually kind of buying these running backs just because we knew it was such a talented class. Um, but the, the fade is looking pretty good so far. I did fade on the wide receivers and just kind of grabbed whichever ones at the end of the draft came to you. And that is, that's kind of worked out well. I mean, Judy and Lynn, they've had their moments, but rookie wide receivers are not exactly lighting the world on fire. Right. Justin Jefferson and lamb. You're very happy with, uh, rugs hasn't done a thing really yet. Uh, Rager's been hurt. 
Yeah, Judy is, uh, you know, he made that catch on the Thursday night game. Uh, he mossed uh, the, uh, the defensive back on that one. But he, he's had his inconsistency, too. Are any of these guys, either uh, running backs or the receivers, are any of these guys good buy-low targets for you right now? Hmm. Well, I mean, I do think in a deeper league, Dobbins is a great buy-low target. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor's a great buy-low target. Uh, I think it's been a product of game script that he hasn't exploded. Mm-hmm. He's, I'm pretty sure he's going to be an RB1 moving forward. Uh, are you with me on Taylor? I am. Uh, I, I was I was that guy drafting him in the third round, too. So uh, I was, too. I'm in the hold hold keep holding on for dear life guy right now on Taylor, but... Uh, you know, it's really frustrating just from a workload standpoint. You know, you figure with Marlon Mack out, okay, it's on. And in that first week against Minnesota, he did get a heavy workload. And then, eh, the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, okay, the Jets game, it's a blowout. Okay, that makes sense. What about this Bears game? I mean, it, it was an ugly game. It was a really ugly game all around offensively. Well, as you know, as a Bears fan, I'm used to. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm used to that. Actually, Jeff, I, I missed the Bears game this week for the first time in a long time. I was I know you're from you've, you're familiar with the Chicago area. I was out in Galena golfing on a, uh, a golf trip. Have you been out there? It's beautiful. It is. It is. Uh, that's nice. How'd you hit him? Uh, you know, not not that well, but it's uh, it's late season and we had fun. It was like a Ryder Cup bunch of bunch of guys just trying not to get COVID, really trying to keep our space from each other and right. and be safe on this year's trip. But uh, yeah, it was a ball. Oh, so it's so beautiful out there. So I missed the Bears game. I don't know. You tell me. What would you think? I think uh, Nick Foles was not the answer. Uh, not that you know he may be the better option of the two, but he certainly. Uh, reverted back to last year's form that we all know and love it when he faces a real defense that's what happens i was unimpressed with uh, philip rivers in particular and i think the, the colts offense kind of ground to a halt because of the limitations that he brings to the table too yeah I, and he's getting up there in age i i'm really concerned about ty hilton to be honest i thought that he would be used you know at least similarly to Keenan Allen, but that has not been the case so far in the slightest. No, he, you know, he hasn't at all. And, you know, it started in training camp with him where he reported with the hamstring injury and that kind of bumped him down in my rankings a little bit. Uh, I just, I kind of was in the uh, mindset, ah, there's so many other receivers I like. And, you know, it's funny. We have this, and when we're in draft mode, okay, we got receivers nine through 30 that we all like, you know, just get a couple of them. Well, which ones you choose really matter. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that they did, especially this year. I, I mean, I, it does every year, but it seems like especially this year, there were some, if you grab Calvin Ridley, you're pretty happy. Well, not this past week, but yeah. uh, if you grabbed AJ Green, not so happy. Yeah. You got DK Metcalf versus AJ Brown. Pretty much a 50-50 call, except it's been 100% to zero so far. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the nature of the beast. Uh, speaking of Ridley, you know, he was, you know, he, he got shut out on Monday night. You know, he was a limited participant in today's practice. Uh, you know, he's got a thigh and knee, some of the same lower body stuff that he was dealing with last week. I wonder, you know, was the lack of Julio the problem there? Or was it that, you know, is, or is he really compromised? Is he really hurting? I think he was really hurting. Yeah. I think Ryan also underthrew him on that one touchdown potential put, touchdown pass. I think that was a big deal too. But I, I, I think, and I, that actually is bothersome to me too. If he's, you know, because you want to worry about what's going to happen this week, you know, because I don't think we're going to see Julio this week. Julio didn't practice, and I, I have a hard time seeing him playing after the setback. I'm with you. I, I, I would be surprised to see Julio after trying to come back and leaving that game early. It just seems even if. Even if you think he's close to 100%, give him another week, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And he already missed the Bears game, and I wouldn't be surprised if he misses another there. Yeah, they, they, maybe with a little bit more time to prepare there. You have a home game against uh, Carolina. Should be a good matchup, although you know, Carolina hasn't been quite the uh, trip to the carnival that it was last year. No, they've you know they've been pretty soft against the run, so I think it's a it's a going to be a good Todd Gurley week. Yeah, uh, maybe we see a little bit more Hayden Hurst. I expected a little more from Hayden Hurst to be honest. So so far, yeah, me too. Especially with the you know the usage that Hooper got in the past, uh, you would you would I thought Hurst would get that similar bump. Now he's had a couple of touchdowns, 
on blown blown coverages for the most part. Uh, but the, he hasn't been the frequent target, that's for sure. Yeah, this uh, is the week exactly. Uh, before we move on, a uh, quick note from our friends at Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Patrick Mahomes his rookie year. You knew this would happen. Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projections, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting PredictionStrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. I'm Jeff Erickson on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. My guest today is Donkey Teeth from Razzball. Uh, first name Ryan. Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm outing your name here. I can always delete this here, but I know you and Rudy kind of go by a pseudonym. Is that by design, or do you prefer do you prefer that sort of an, an anonymity? Uh, you know, I'm not. Uh... You know, Gray is also under an, uh, a pseudonym as well, but really? he's uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, so it's kind of the Rasball way, and maybe I shouldn't have outed Gray, but I think I think most people know that uh, that's not Gray's real name. So, you know, I actually thought I, it was Gray's real name. I'm, I'm dense <laughs> that way. I just uh, kind of carried it over. This was this was my name, like I mentioned when I uh, started in Lenny Melnick's chat room was Donkey Teeth. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Key and Peele East-West Bowl skit that they do. I did not see that. They come on, and it's like a Monday night football, you know, when they're doing the introductions and saying their name in school. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Key and Peele just came up with all these ridiculous names, and one of them was Donkey Teeth. And I thought it was funny, so I, I ran with it. And, you know, I think that uh, it fits in with the Razzball way. We're a humorous website, and um, – uh, I think it stands out a little bit from the crowd. So it, hopefully there's no other donkey teeths out there in the fantasy football world. I haven't run across any. <laughs> you can follow uh, Ryan on, on Twitter at donkey teeth 87. Cause there were 86 others. So, uh, so you had to jump on 87. Yeah. Yeah. They got, they got there first, yeah. but uh, okay. <laughs> uh, a few other things that uh, discussed news wise here, uh, the 49ers, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, we don't know if he's going to go, but, I, you know, it became pretty apparent that there is a different qualitative difference between he and Nick Mullins. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, there was some buzz like, oh, Mullins is just as good because Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of kind of underwhelmed at times last season and wasn't great in the first game uh, of the year against uh, Arizona. So like, eh, he's just an average quarterback. Maybe he is better than that and we, better than we were giving him credit for. Yeah, I think he does what he does well. Yeah, and and that's part of being a quarterback is knowing your limitations and and playing to your strengths. And, and I think that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is able to do. He's a good game manager, and you know he learned a lot from Brady. So Nick Mullins didn't. Yeah, and uh, Garoppolo is a uh, at a limited practice today. They did say that he, if he can't go, uh, that. Uh, Shanahan would not name it between Mullins and uh, C.J. Beathard because they're, they're different types of quarterback, and so it theoretically be a competitive advantage. But I have to imagine it would be Beathard if they if Garoppolo could not go. Right, kind of similar to what we talked about with the Patriots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, once you make that change, it's hard to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelers, uh, Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster both did not practice today. I. The vibe I was getting is those were veteran day off, days off, so I'm probably not that worried about that. But yeah, they had a week off. You kind of, you know, it's always in the back of your head. I know Johnson was dealing the concussion protocol. Here they cited his toe. Mm. You know, I think now I agree with you. I think that they're they're probably going to play. That was the feeling that I get. I got, and I think now is a great time to buy Deontay Johnson with the target share that he had there in Pittsburgh. Although I think the last note that I read over at uh, Rotor World did say that they expected him to be a wide receiver one moving forward. So if that's flagged on his name, maybe you're not going to get it quite as good of a deal as as you'd hope. Right. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. And for my yeah, on my rankings on RedWire, I had uh, Johnson ahead of Juju this week. So I'm kind of kind of feeling the same way. Probably won't get a great deal on that, but you know, Juju has hasn't had that big huge game yet, and it's been a long time since he has. He's been a bit touchdown dependent, uh, whereas. Uh, Ben seems to love throwing to Deontay Johnson and I'm with you. I've got Deontay at number 19 penciled in here and Juju at 24 for this week. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of Ben so far this year? Uh, pleasantly surprised. I, I would say I was kind of concerned that he would just look terrible with that elbow and he has not looked good at times. Um, whatever that early primetime game was, he did not look very good, but he's put up the numbers and, He's better better than I expected him to be. I'll say that. What yeah. did you What have you thought? About the same. Uh, yeah, I, there. I was spooked by uh, a training camp report where uh, I think it was uh, the writer for the Athletic that was suggesting that he kind of looked at like Philip Rivers at times, and that, but that was only towards the end of practice. And structurally, you know, mechanics wise, you never want to hear that comp. I was going to say, is it, is there any bigger insult to a uh, NFL quarterback than looked like Philip Rivers? Nope, nope, <laughs> not at all. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, not not encouraging. I have him at seventeen this week. Faces the Eagles, not a great matchup. Uh, not not terrible. You know, it's not like last year where their defensive backs were all all banged up. Uh, but at the same time, I don't I don't feel like I totally fear them either. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you. Yeah, so uh in fact that the Eagles are an odd team to kind of look at a little bit. You know, they've so many injuries uh again this year. Same thing at the receiving core except they added Dallas Goddard to the list this year too. And I you looked at that Sunday Sunday night game against the Niners is amazing that they were able to pull that off. Uh once to just keep they keep on taking away his targets and he seems fine still. You know, Ertz is the one that, that's a bit concerning. He has not uh, looked, and you'd think that with with Godard out, that he would uh, kind of revert to that elite tight end one. But he just doesn't seem right, does he, Jeff? No. Well, I think that, and I misspoke. He does, Wentz doesn't seem fine. I don't know why I said that. He he looks terrible actually. But uh, I, I think that one of the problems too is that you know Ertz is just getting blanketed. I, I you know, and you take away everybody like they have. No Jackson, no Jeffrey. No, you know they they draft. You know Jalen Rieger. They signed Goodwin, trying to get some outside speed. They're all either out or opted out. Um, it's just it's hard. It's really hard to f- to get that outside threat to kind of free up Ertz at all. And I mean his offensive line has been pretty banged up this year, so I think he's a guy that that could benefit from having a little bit more time back there. Uh, and it sounds like Alshon Jeffrey might be back this week. I think. Yeah. That'd be nice if he is. We'll see. I mean, if he's back, he's probably going to get hurt in the first half anyway because he's Alshon Jeffrey. For sure, for sure. Uh, and you know, definitely. Uh, you know, I had I had this question from uh, one of my uh, radio hits earlier with Carson Wentz. Uh, is he a drop? If you're like in a one quarterback league and you need, you know, we're running into the bye weeks. I mean, he really can't. He's he's not a guy that you're gonna you feel comfortable starting in most instances. I would think. No, you know, in, in one quarterback leagues, uh, there's not that many guys that I wouldn't be uh, okay dropping. You know what I mean? You, you know, the top uh, seven, eight, nine, maybe. Uh, but it, once you get to like the Drew Brees area, the Drew Brees, um, you probably want to hold on to Matt Ryan with all those weapons. Uh, but it, it depends on your league, I guess. Quarterbacks are weird in fantasy football. You know, if you some some leagues, it's like everybody wants to own two of them, and then the sharper leagues, nobody's owning backups, and they're just out there on the wire. So, I guess it's hard to give a, a blanket statement on advice. Like you don't want to be dropping Wentz if all quarterbacks are owned in in your league. But um, yeah, if it's a one quarterback league and everybody owns one quarterback, ten team league, he's absolutely not not a must own. And I, I'd say the same for twelve team leagues. Yeah, and if you're in a in FFC where you have ten man benches, well, of course you hold on to him. You, uh, it's no problem to hold on to him there. Uh, and of course, and and Razbol were a little bit different there. Uh, that you know, first of all, we we don't have to carry as many different players, but. Uh, you know that that's an inner. Let's kind of segue over to that environment where we're you play in the NFC NFFC style. You're you're looking at uh, your rosters. You're looking at 
uh, a different setup there where you're not, you don't have to carry a kicker, you don't have to carry a defense. Uh, it's a lot easier in some ways, a lot harder because there's not much available on the waiver wire. You have to bid pretty big when once you find that gem. Yeah, it's sparse. I mean, we roster, I think it's 22 guys. And like you said, no defense, no kicker. You start two flexes, the three wide receivers, uh, two running backs, one quarterback. But uh, the other the other wrinkle, of course, Jeff, is that it's best ball for the first nine weeks leading up until the playoffs. And then you start setting lineups. So we don't have to worry about that part, which is nice. Uh, I seem to do a lot better when I don't have to decide who yeah. to start every week. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the, because of the roster size, um, and the quality of competition, you know, everybody in, in these leagues is, is all over the news in the preseason. And now you have very limited fab as well. We get $10 fab for the entire season. So you're bidding $1, uh, unless you've got a major hole and you really want somebody and want to spend all your $10 fab in one run. I don't think it's the best decision this year because of uh, the COVID mess. And, you know, we'll see where we're at in, in week nine, you're probably going to have some holes to fill. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, pretty sparse out there when you're looking for, for guys to pick up. I did land James Robinson before week one. I think everyone was a little bit asleep at the, the wheel. They didn't realize fab started. So right. I pulled one over on my league on James Robinson. Well, Raz Bowl versus Raz Slam is a little different. Raz Slam was a little bit more like the cut line where we had a couple of fabs, period. That was it. Here mm-hmm. we have one. You can do one every week. And, you know, it's important to remember that. Um, yeah, Robinson is huge. To find a guy like that, there's very few guys that, you know, starting quality guys that you can find uh, in, in a 22-man roster to begin with. So when you get one, you have to go pretty uh, – be pretty aggressive on that. You look at it now, like I – I've, I just lost two of my three quarterbacks in uh, in Rasbol. I lost Cam and I lost um, Haskins. Uh, now I have Mahomes, so I wasn't really wasn't hoping that, that Haskins would come into play. But at least I need to find somebody that when Mahomes has his bye week, hopefully Newton's back by then. But who knows? Otherwise, yeah, I was just looking at quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick's hanging around on on the wire in mine, and so is Justin Herbert, which kind of surprises me. Uh, I guess uh, everybody's happy with the the guys they've got. I don't know. But last year, I remember uh, who went down. Luck went down, and people were spending up for Brissett even before the season started. So sure. a little bit different this year. Yeah, well, and we had so many quarterbacks get hurt last year. I had Roethlisberger last year. I, I, you know, that was one of the things in the format. I think I only had two quarterbacks, and I lost them pretty quickly. I didn't recover. You know, I, you know, I, I picked up uh, Minshew in one of. I think I picked up Minshew, and that helped. But you know, it was tough. It, it, you had to act pretty quickly. And I, I'm looking at my waiver wire in in my league, and it's the top points getter is Jeff Driscoll for crying at the position. So. I Stidham and Hoyer are both available. I have my choice. So lucky me. Yeah, just grab them both, Jeff. <laughs> Mastery. That's it. Uh, Stidham and Joe Flacco, who's getting the start this week over Sam Darnold, who's dealing with his shoulder issue. Those are my choices if I want to have a second quarterback this week. Well, you can grab you can grab uh, Kyle Allen to fill in for uh, Haskins oh, yeah. there. Kyle Allen. That's right. Huge, huge. <laughs> I'm just going to be rolling in the dough. Print money right now. We're good. <laughs> But uh, it, it's, that's the fun thing about this. Um, I, I, I may be better at fab leagues than I am in best ball leagues. What sort of uh, tips would you tell listeners to, for next year when we get into this sort of format? Like draft structure-wise, what, what do you find that works? Oh, it's all luck, Jeff. <laughs> Draft the good players. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I'm still trying to figure out uh, the best strategy for this format. Uh, I think the fade on quarterback is probably the play. Having having drafted Mahomes and Lamar Jackson these past two years, it, it, it's nice having them. But I think the the way to win it is probably landing the Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the year that they broke out, you know, finding that guy this year who, you know, coincidentally so far, it's looking like it was probably Aaron Rodgers or maybe Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is probably uh, a better comparison since Aaron Rodgers is what, 40 some years old. Uh, but I think that that's the way, and that's probably the way to win most leagues, you know, is finding that uh, late round quarterback that ends up uh, putting up, QB one, QB two numbers, uh, which is not easy to do. Um, I like the strategy. I like the strategy of drafting 
uh, a top tight end. I went with Kelsey this year because when you get to the playoffs, you have to set a lineup and it's nice to just not have to worry about the, you know, am I going to go with uh, Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith this week type of thing? Just lock in your top tight end and hopefully things have worked out at running back and wide receiver for you. But it's, it's all about uh, running back depth to me. Uh, running back and wide receiver depth. I'm a little bit more on the the end of taking uh, volume wide receiver and uh, a little bit more high end running backs. But you can obviously win with zero RB if you pick the right running backs and and you're able to scavenge them on the wire. I just I think it's a little bit tougher with this format. You know, we mentioned there's only ten dollars fab. Um, it's tougher to go zero RB because you only get those 10 shots at it and everybody's looking for running backs. You know, it's much easier to find a wide receiver on the wire in season versus uh, that James Robinson. You know, there's only one James Robinson this year. Probably there's only one Raheem Mostert last year. That's right. That's right. Philip Lindsay two years ago, you know, it, it was, it used to be easier to find guys. I think our, I think our competitors are more informed uh, in, at draft day. And trying like who are the likely handcuffs? Who are the likely uh, guys that you can pick up? Uh, and you have to compete for them a lot harder. And I don't know. I just I, maybe it's just a, it's a cycle, and that'll change again. And we'll have other years where we have more guys step in like that. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I like that strategy. I will say this: the uh, tight end pool that we thought was so deep on draft day, it's already getting decimated. You know, whether it's uh, Noah Fant, for instance, uh, you know, you know, someone that, you know, cause the, t- the top guys have been the top guys. Kittle missed a game, but uh, two games even. But he came back and just full. F- I got kittled last week in a lot of leagues. But you, see, you look at the met, that middle tier and it's already starting to get cut down. I was thinking Fant was going to be a weekend week out guy. Now we lost him. Kasiki had three targets last week. Irv Smith is still waiting to do anything of, of note. You know, some of these guys that I thought we're going to be able to rely on just haven't been there. And it, it, I, you know, it feels that way every year. Like we get excited about these uh, mid range, even late round guys, your Blake Jarwin, TJ Hawkinson. Um, some of them pan out, but most of them just end up being duds and we're left scrambling and, and it, you know, it can work out when you, you end up grabbing that Gasicki, hopefully Gasicki bounce back, bounces back. But, um, I don't know, taking, taking your Kelsey and Kittle seems to have been the play, uh, the last few years, especially if you're in those sharp leagues, like we talked about with running backs, there's like no mysteries anymore. You know, everybody's reading all of these news blurbs all the time. Everybody's got their their fantasy quote experts that they're following that are, that are on the ball. You know, and there's just so much information. Uh, your Robert Tanyan is going to be be picked up this week. Uh, he's on by this week, but if he ends up being a breakout, which he could with uh, all those injuries in the Packers, uh, somebody's probably going to have to pay for him. You know, right and I bet you he was more owned coming into this week than he should have been because of the way we had the uh, the Pats Chiefs game get moved back to Monday night. All the receiver uncertainty between the, the Packers and the Falcons with injuries. A lot of people picked him up as kind of like their their fail safe, and boy, if they started him, it really paid off. Hopefully, they, right. hopefully they weren't like a Julio owner holding him just in case, and then started Julio anyhow or anything like that. But. Uh, yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah, he, he's going to be not as available as he would be otherwise, for sure. Yeah, I think he was a good handcuff for Kelsey owners, like you said. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, after the buy, what sort of involvement he has, but it looks pretty promising that they found something there, uh, especially uh, when he wasn't going to be the guy at the start of the season. That's the thing. So it was going to be Sternberg. Everyone was drafting Sternberg. Yeah, Tanyan. Uh, He's looked way better than Sternberger. I've watched uh, quite a bit of the Packers games, and obviously, I mean, you saw him prime time, but even in the other games, he he really separated himself. That's right. A couple other uh, notes, uh, you know, trying to to figure out what to do with our rosters this week. Uh, So how are you handling, like, like the the guys coming off this week off, like uh, Connor or, you know, or, or, or even for that matter, Deontay and Juju. Like I guess you said you already had uh, Deontay at 19, Juju 24. Is that right? It is. All right. Uh, what about uh, Connor? Where do you have him this week? I have him, I have him pretty high. I mean, 
So I think the difference here is whether we're talking about Steelers or Titans. You know, the Steelers have been able to practice. The Steelers have been able to game plan. I think the Steelers are going to be fresh and motivated and at the top of their game. I I think the Titans could be just a total disaster if they play. Right. I think that's the right approach. I think I'm probably going the same route as as you on that. Um, And then, Ben, I've got at 17 this week. I'm not thrilled with this matchup there. I'm, I'm, I'm not too high on him here. You know, I have him penciled in at uh, number 12. So back in QB one, the, the Eagles haven't, haven't been uh, very tough against the pack. They've been about middle of the pack against the, the pass game. Uh, you know, like, like we talked about, they've had all this time to prepare. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers just, just uh, shredded that defense. Yeah. Burrow, I know, on one hand, had a pretty good game against them. Uh, a lot of composure. The, the And, of course, the Steelers are going to do a better job protecting Ben than uh, the Bengals did for Burrow. So that that's one thing that I think will, uh, will come, come to the forefront on this one here. I don't think the Eagles' pass rush will get home nearly as much as they did in that game. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's kind of a fool's errand trying to predict the game script, but uh, with that Steelers' defense and all, all this time to prepare – if it is a blowout, I guess the, the the passing numbers could be down for Big Ben. But again, it fools Aaron trying to predict that kind of stuff. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, got one more uh, piece of business to take care of here. Are you dominating your fantasy football league? Well, there's na- now there's another n- game you need to play. Imagine fantasy for horse racing. Stable Duel is live with daily contests offering thousands of dollars to be won each week. Download the Stable Duel app. Create your account and start selecting your horses today. Compete against other players for winner's circle glory and big money prizes. New to racing? Not to worry. Stable Duel is simple and fun with low-level entries and big payouts. Name your stable, select 10 horses within your bankroll, and watch each horse accumulate points depending on where they finish. Invite friends to compete against and show them who dominates at all sports, including the sport of kings. Download the Stable Duel app and build your stable today. Get in on the action of Stable Duel. Play, race, win. All right, I'm Jeff Erickson here with Donkey Teeth from Razball. We're looking at week five. We're looking at some of uh, the uh, pot, uh, rankings that we're doing and some of the tough ranks. You know, when you went through your ranks uh, this week, where were you uh, running into like, oh, I don't know what to do with this guy? Was there any sort of like tough rank for you this week? Well... I guess mainly with uh, the Bills and and Titans guys, I'm kind of ranking them as if the game's going to happen, and then I'll just take them out if it doesn't. I guess right. That's what um, I end up doing too. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's just going to be tricky business all season here, Jeff. With the the COVID stuff, you got to be on your toes. I think for purposes of somebody listening to this the the best approach is just assume those guys aren't going to play and have a backup plan um in store i think that that's the key Uh, moving forward there's going to be more of this stuff so just be ready for it yeah i i have two categories of players i always struggle with one the guy that breaks out has like that huge game and two the guy that guy that we expected a pretty good amount of production from it hasn't been producing uh i'll give you the latter i'll give you an example Kenyon drake i know that he had an injury late in the game against carolina but he was working out in full capacity on monday with that chest injury uh he's has he's had five targets in the passing game so far this year uh not what i expected at all i wasn't huge on him and the fact that he had his little hamstring thing uh at towards the end of uh training camp was a concern uh and so I, I, you know, I, I only think I got him like in a best ball, a couple of best ball leagues early, but it's enough though that I'm concerned that I even then I wasn't low enough on him. Where do you have him this week? Where do you have him going forward? Yeah, so actually I was really big on Kenyon Drake, and it's looking like a pretty big miss here uh, through four weeks. I'm concerned. I've got him at 17 this week against the Jets. Uh, I think the major concern here is that Chase Edmonds has actually looked better. Yeah. Um, I've got Edmonds down at 34 and I may end up closing the gap even more. Edmonds has been a, a real factor in the, in the passing game. So I think, you know, I was thinking going into last week, Drake, Drake might've been a buy and now it's all you can really do is, is hold. Um, if somebody's still valuing him as a high end RB two, I think you sell. Um, I wouldn't sell him. I wouldn't sell him for low end RB two 
his upside's still there, but I'm definitely concerned. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I am very concerned. And the Arizona offense as a whole hasn't been that fine-tuned machine. You know, we expected, you know, Kyler Murray breakout season, year two. You know, he, he's been running great, but starting with the Lions loss, he didn't look that great. And that one through three interceptions should have been four. Last week, it was the horizontal passing game, not the vertical passing game. You know, I think he had like 133 yards and 31 attempts. That's just not getting it done. Yeah, and well, you bring up Kyler. I mean, I think that that's a, another knock against Drake is that he's going to steal some of those uh, rushing touchdowns that would have otherwise potentially been his. Yeah, for sure. I, I've not, yeah, that's definitely been a problem. Uh, how about on the flip side, a guy that has been better than expected? Now, let's just start with James Robinson. You said you picked him up. I've got him in my top 10 this week. I, I do too. Yeah. I, and I think he, you know he's got the usage. He looks the part. I don't know if it's it'll have enduring value, but I don't care about that. I just care about getting through the week. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, we've got Bill O'Brien gone too. Uh, we'll see if the Texans are going to be motivated by that with Romeo Cornell at the the helm. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Texans were a little bit flat. I, I I think the I think the players like Bill O'Brien for whatever reason, uh, right? I was reading stuff to the contrary today. Uh, oh, were you? There was a player insurrection. Uh, so uh, uh, led by J.J. Watt, actually, um, that he, uh, you know, I guess he had a confrontation with uh, Bill O'Brien, I think, right before, I, I think right after the Pittsburgh game. And if you lose J.J. Watt, then you probably lose the locker room. Yeah, I'd say so. And I, I, I mean, I was shocked when I had heard previously that he was kind of a, a locker room guy and the players liked him because it just seems like he does everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense. It makes sense that he lost the locker room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I think play calling wise, it can't hurt the team. Uh, I wonder if this frees Duke Johnson a little bit. If maybe finally, like, you know, I know Johnson, Duke Johnson was actually getting more snaps. He got like 35% of the snaps in his first game back. Now, he won't, they won't feel compelled to just use David Johnson you know, all the time and run it into the, into the pile on first down so much. You know, they don't have, it, you know, Cornell didn't uh, make that trade. He wasn't wearing the GM hat. So maybe he won't feel so compelled to use David Johnson so much. Maybe Duke Johnson gets freed a little finally. Yeah, I think I think that's a great call. Duke is a, a nice add this week, just for that unknown. We just don't know, and he's free in most leagues. Uh, two guys, Jeff, that I did, two running backs that I had a tough time ranking this week were um, Miles Sanders because he's going up against that tough Pittsburgh run defense, um, and that, so I've got him at number fifteen. I really like Miles Sanders. He's got so much volume there, but it's just it's going to be a tough week against that Pittsburgh run defense. And then Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb out, you'd think that he'd be in for a monster game, but he also goes up against a, a really. I think they're starting. Everyone's starting to wake up. The Colts defense is awesome, but uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for Hunt. I've got him up at number seven just because. Chubb is gone. Uh, we've also got Dearness uh, Johnson there to take some of those carries. So he was a tough one for me to rank. Yeah, and, and then you throw in that he was you know, he was dealing with the groin injury last week. Maybe they managed his workload, limited at practice again uh, today. So maybe that that's also you know part of the picture there too. I have Hunt at fourteen this week. Uh, I think that's about you know I, I think th- he's got top ten potential at times. I just don't think he gets there this week. That's fair. And I, I might end up knocking him down because uh, I mean, that Colts defense, like I said, is really good. It is. It is phenomenal. Uh, where did you put uh, Ridley this week? I know after getting the shutout, you know, I had a tough time with him. I left him in my top 10, though. I put him at nine. Let's see. I've got Ridley at nine as well. Yeah. Uh, I, and he's a guy that uh, I don't know. I may end up bumping down. You'd think that Matt Ryan would have a bounce, but Matt Ryan really did not look good. No, he didn't. Um, yeah. So yeah, Mike Evans is one that, that uh, I also had a hard time at wide receiver with Godwin out. Um, I don't know. It's a Thursday night game. You don't love those. And, and Evans is banged up himself, but Brady's got to throw to somebody. Right. Right. And we know that Watson's not going to play and Godwin's out. Evans, Scotty Miller, eh. who knows? They're both questionable, but I I'm guessing it because questionable will be good enough. You know, I think we'll see, you know, I actually been trying to pick up Cameron Brayton in some leagues. 
Uh, right, OJ Howard's done for the year. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, there, there's a chance that you know we'll see a little bit more break. He got that one touchdown. Maybe just a Rojo game again. He might get a lot of usage out of him. It sounds like Fournette's not playing, so I uh, wouldn't be surprised. Keyshawn Vaughn was another guy I saw getting picked up in deep deep leagues with yeah, uh, sure. Shady out. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Rojo dropped three passes in the in the win over the Chargers. So that's I think that's why Vaughn was in there and passing downs late. They wanted to get another option. Although Vaughn dropped one too, uh, for whatever it's worth. But yeah, give him a chance to see everything that works out. Uh, what else are you working on right now? What what can people see when they go check out your work? Yeah, so Jeff, I write up a, uh, a fantasy football recap of every single football game. Sundays, it's a it's a long write up, um, just kind of player bu- quick hitting player blurbs. Uh, instead of having to go through and read the box score type of thing, mm-hmm. you can just come pull up my article and go through every single game and see you know the guys that had good games or duds, and then uh, I'll make some quick comments, usually uh, a joke or two mixed in there. And uh, my weekly rankings are up. And then we've um, reorganized the site this year. And I've got uh, writers, really strong group, group of writers doing rest of season rankings at each position each week, oh, nice. which is very entertaining. You know, it always gets people riled up looking at those rankings and telling telling people how stupid they are for ranking this guy above this guy. Oh, don't I know about that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. You want to get com- generate comments on an article, just rank something. doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> People will find ways to react. That's it's easily the the most commented articles we always have are our rankings articles. Right, rankings and mock drafts. People love them. Exactly, it's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today, and especially because you did it on short notice. Really do appreciate it. No, anytime, Jeff. Seriously, I, I usually don't need much notice. I don't have much of a life over here. I'm sitting here looking at the, the same stuff we're talking about. So Excellent. <laughs> I'm happy to come on. Thanks for All having right. me. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at DonkeyTeeth87. You can read him on Razzball. Uh, coming up tomorrow, uh, we've got our usual Thursday podcast. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review. It matters a ton to us. We thank you for listening. Have a great day. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.